When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hola. Bonjour. Ni hao. <laughs> Guten Tag. Moi. <laughs> uh, let's do it again. <laughs> but why did you go for the one that's not there? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Okay. All right, ready. Welcome to the normal, not normal podcast from me, Oliver Phelps. And me, James Phelps. As identical twins who grew up on the set of Harry Potter, you could say that we didn't have the most normal start to life. But recently, we've been thinking, what is normal anyway? So in this series, we're talking to friends, colleagues and personal heroes. To actually ask the question, what is their version of normal? And does normal even exist? But you could say perhaps we're all a bit not normal. Yep, you're definitely not normal, Oliver. But I hope you're proud of it. Well, you're you're the one in there looking like you work in NASA Mission Control with your rocket in the background and your headphones on and pictures of stars in the background. That will always be the dream. Anyway, today we're talking to a good friend of ours who a lot of you will know from the Potter films. She came in in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire as Cho Chang, who went on to be Harry Potter's first love interest. Uh, but since then, she's gone on to do some amazing stuff. Played actually Jackie Chan's daughter. I'm very jealous of that one. But she's also gone on to also raise thousands of pounds for charity. She's a great photographer, a great person, a great artist. So welcome, Katie Young. Thanks again for uh, saying yes to doing this. No, thank you so much for having me. Um, well, I thought we'd, we'd start with just yeah. explaining exactly what we're trying to talk about. The main notion is normal, not normal. Yes. Well, to me, many, many years to come to this conclusion that there's no such thing as a normal life. So like your, di- your idea of normal is completely different to my normal. So just trying to work out what is your individual normal. God, what? Are you confused yet? I'm confused how many times you said normal. <laughs> Go on, James, you try, you try and explain it then. You said normal about 20 times during that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, because I'm trying to normalise it. In a, <laughs> that's the whole point. <laughs> the point is there isn't a normal. Everyone's is different in their own individual way without getting all Yes. So what the, the, quest, the question is, what, what do I define as normal? Is that, is that what you yes. mean? Yes. Well done. That is exactly <laughs> what I mean. Well done, Katie. Yeah, well done. You get 10 points. All right. Yes. So is that 10 points for Ravenclaw or... Oh, I didn't say long, no. <laughs> So in terms of like normal between us, we were all in uh, in the Harry Potter films. So that would be a, a normal trait, normal days for us to be going to Leeson Studios and yeah. um, dressing up like school kids for a while. Um, but pre-Potter, what would you say would be your normal lifestyle? So my normal was, yeah, just getting up in the morning and going to school, going to classes and then playing playing video games with my brother when I got home until we both fell asleep holding holding the controller and then, well, you know, eating in between, obviously, but that's, that's boring. Um, and then <laughs> getting up in the morning and doing the same thing again. That, that's my memory of being at school. In, in Glasgow? Just on the outskirts of Glasgow. And were you always into acting or was it something that you just fell into? It was something I fell into because we didn't have acting at school. You know, we had like, you know, the nativity play at Christmas, you know, at primary school. And then in high school, it wasn't a course that you could take. You know, it wasn't a subject. Okay. There was no drama. So how did you, how did you find out 
about the uh, the films, like the audition process or anything like that? Uh, so my dad saw a casting call on the Chinese channel, the one Chinese channel that we had. And after the news, um, they always have this kind of like news bulletin about what's going on across the UK, you know, within the Chinese community and how you can get involved and all these kinds of things. Um, and the, the open edition came up for Cho Chang. It said specifically they were looking for a 16-year-old Asian girl. And if we were interested, then we should go to this open edition at Pineapple Studios in London. And it was on a Saturday because it was my dad's day off work. And I remember him coming into the dining room while I was doing my art homework. And he was like, do you want to do you want to go to this open edition for for one of the Harry Potter films? And I was like, no. It's like, what? That, why would you even ask me such a ridiculous question? Like, I've never acted. And um, and he's like, oh, come on, it'll be a nice kind of trip, uh, you know, little bonding sesh with uh, father and daughter. So I was like, yeah, okay, fine. That's that's how it came about. You went to the audition, and then what was it like? Because I, I remember when we went to our mm-hmm. first audition. It was pandemonium. Yeah. It was the best way and to describe it, it organised chaos. Exactly, and it was... Um, I think like you, we, we hadn't had any acting experience. Right. We always tell the story that the couple of months before the main audition was when you select what you're going to do for your GCSE. So when you're 14, 15, 16, like your final years of high school. Mm. Um, and the drama teacher said to us, don't do drama because you're not going to have a career in it. And then two months later, we're at a audition for Harry yeah. Potter. I was wondering, was that like when you went to yours, were there a lot of drama kids there as it were, like all from... Uh, acting school and that kind of stuff well the first edition like I didn't really I didn't know anyone because it was just a queue of people so I didn't really get to know um what you know what kind of people in fact you know in in this queue there were people of all ages and races and and I was just like am I in the right place because but because by this point like everybody just wanted to be a part of it right so people were just kind of like trying their luck, even though they did not fit the description of Cho Chang. <laughs> so um, I think uh, the casting directors, they were, um, they wanted to see everybody, you know, because people had traveled from like everywhere, like all over the world to be a part of, to be, well, to try their luck. And, and I think they were just being super kind. So they were actually just letting everybody into the studios. Um, and it wasn't until towards the end of the day when they realized that the queue was just so huge um they did have to start turning people away by the time we got in there after about four hours of it wasn't four hours it was a whole day of queuing actually we were in there for like 10 minutes and Mm. they just took a photo of us um in kind of small groups and then said uh just you know we'll we'll give you a call if if we if we want to see you again um, so it wasn't until I kind of went back down again for um, like kind of drama workshops and, you know, the second and third round of editions that I came across girls my age, you know, slightly younger or older, who I assumed did have training, did have some mm-hmm. form of training because they just seemed to be so comfortable in that kind of setup. In terms of then of getting the call and then joining the cast, the cast and that, had we... I was, I, I'm trying to remember, but had we already done the read-through at that point or is it just before filming had started? Yeah, I remember being there for the read-through because I didn't even know what a read-through was. <laughs> and I was just, I was so overwhelmed. What was it like for you coming to, obviously it was the, the fourth film, The Goblet's Fire, that you came in on. Yeah. What was that like for you? Was it like joining a new school? Did you, <laughs> that a kind of experience of... Absolutely. Obviously, all yeah. the crew know each other, all the cast knew everybody. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I had the school that I was going to when I when I joined um, the films. I was I was also a new girl because I came into the school like two months after everybody had already started uh, first year, um, first year of high school. So, and that did not feel good. And I think maybe like the trauma from that made it like even more overwhelming joining the the cast well having said that because 
the fourth film, there were loads of new characters. So I wasn't the only one. So, yeah. you know, there was like yeah. Robert Pattinson and Clemence and um, Stan. Uh, Stan is laugh. Yeah, because I, rem- I remember when that, I remember when you guys yeah. all came in, it was almost like for for James and I, especially, we'd always been, I suppose, the older of the, the younger yeah. cast. So then we suddenly had a lot more guys who were our age and it just seemed to make it, I remember the fourth film being almost like a step up in, I wouldn't say maturity, but just in terms of like, socially because we do so much all being of that age group whatever you know be it going out for meals going out bars clubbing whatever like that that there was that there was definitely more of a camaraderie or an enhanced camaraderie with uh, some of the new guys oh that's nice yeah I mean like I I remember being so intimidated and just really overwhelmed by the whole experience and I I do remember vividly like feeling a sense of like comfort when I was around you guys um and I don't know if that was <laughs> you're like what um false false sense well because you're smarter <laughs> yeah but no I don't know if that was like like a kind of gradual development that kind of brought brought me to that place but um I did feel yeah I did feel that I could just be myself when I was like around you guys um so that was really nice. So thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh shucks. Yeah. <laughs> when, we were, when we were filming, so we do obviously like the, I always think about the Yule Ball because mm. that was the first time in the filming when we'd been there that they changed the Great Hall in any way. So they dressed it up to look all like that. Now, did you actually, did you have, because we all had dancing lessons which lasted... Forever for about three weeks but on camera it lasted for all of about yeah. 0.2 of a second did you guys do any of that yeah we did we did I remember like I mean it would have been the same as you guys you know they had the kind of uh marquees like set up just downstairs from the the dressing rooms and then we just had like mm-hmm. lessons yeah. you know with the partner that you're dancing with um in my case it's Robert and yeah we yeah, we did that. I mean, I'm not much of a dancer too, but like mm. we had, you know, in Scotland, you have your Christmas Kayleys every year. So every Christmas, <laughs> the kind of PE lesson, uh, physical education becomes dancing lessons for the Christmas Kaylee. You're not stereotyping <laughs> at all here. I was going to say, is this when all the guys turn up in kilts <laughs> and there's log throwing or something like that? What goes on? None of that. It's literally a Christmas disco <laughs> with some amazing kind of Kaylee dancing. But not only did you learn to dance in that, I remember you were, you had to do, did you do your paddy license as well? A what license? Your underwater. <gasps> oh my God, yes. Cause... Yes, I did that. And it was. Because I remember being very jealous of you guys. Yeah, but then they just ended up using a dummy in the end. <laughs> and I was like, what was the point? It looks nothing like me. And it looks like a dummy. <laughs> how, lo- how long would you say you were underwater for? Like in terms of days? Um, like it was like the dancing you know we spent ages training for it and then I was I was in there for I don't know like three hours and then on screen I was (laughs) I was underwater for like (laughs) 0.2 seconds yeah (laughs) it was so pointless but I remember because um it was kind of one of the first things that I had to do when I joined um and I remember the the diving instructor, when he when he took me into this tank, he was like, you know, we're gonna go we're gonna go deeper and deeper, and you're gonna have to like um, alleviate the pressure from your ears as we go down. So you're gonna have yeah. to like kind of blow out every time, and and then when you can feel it pop, you have to give me a thumbs up. But it wouldn't pop, and I I was like I was so anxious and nervous that I was like wasting his time or something and I was you know so my ears wouldn't pop and then I would just give him a thumbs up and then we would go down yeah aha uh-huh. and it just like we reached the bottom and at this point my ears were just like they were so painful um but still I didn't say yeah. anything because I was just I was just like oh yeah I made it to the bottom and he's like really happy and he's smiling and and I'm not going to tell him that my head's about to explode 
Um, I was going to say, meanwhile, your head's growing and growing and growing. Yeah, I know. So then we came out, we eventually came out of the tank and and he was like, oh, how was that? I was like, yeah, it, 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 that was fun, but um, my ears are a little bit sore. And then he, he got super worried. And then, you know, I got taken to the doctor straight away. Um, and then I had a bruised ear. Yeah, cause it's, it, it, can be, it can be really dangerous, that, if you don't know, like, equalize on the... On things. I remember we went. I I remember once going um, scuba diving by the, in the right. Barrier Reef, and we jumped jumped in, and the instructor was like, "Right, okay, we're going to go down." And we got to about ten meters or so, and my right ear just oh. wouldn't yeah, yeah. equalize. This one would. This one wouldn't. And I kept doing it, kept doing it, and almost kept feeling like pressure yeah. behind my eye. Yeah. And the guy, I was going to the guy like, "No, no, I'm I'm going up, no, no." And he's he's going, "No, calm down, calm down, we'll go." And in the end, I flipped him a gesture and just. <gasps> Swam up really? to the top. So I thought this isn't this isn't helping. Got got onto the boat, took my mask off, and realised that my my wife and a few of the other guys on the boat just staring at me like what like really in shock. And it turned out by doing like pressurising so much and it not coming out of my ear, it actually relieved pressure behind my eye and my eyeball had popped out its socket. Oh, <laughs> to the point where I was just, just like, and in hindsight, I just went oh, like lit my hand and just like pushed it back in. And then afterwards, I was like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever... So ever since then, I've never wanted mm. to go and wanted to do yeah. anything like that because it's, I suppose it's got to come out somewhere, but it looked really, well, I'm, in one way, I'm gutted I never got a photo of it because I thought it would look really, really weird. But my wife assures me that it wasn't a good look for me. Oh my God, that's, that's awful. <laughs> so you did, at least, at least that didn't happen on camera. No, no, you're right. So in terms of like when the when the films came out, did you notice normal said it life totally changed for you then? I think actually the kind of the most abnormal thing to happen um, during that whole process and experience was the beginning. So when when people found out that I was going to be in the films, and it was um, it was just such an invasion of like privacy actually because the the media took hold of it um or, or they just found out I don't know how but they did and and then suddenly they were like at my house and kind of you know phoning my home telephone number and and trying to get some form of gossip or whatever it was from from like school friends or from family members and I was just like what is going on this is nuts um and it wasn't very nice actually yeah and then with the kind of rise of the internet happening at the same time um on these fan sites as well and and me being a kind of 16 year old already insecure um going online to kind of check what people were saying it was just really mad um and i think by the time so by the time the film because you know it it doesn't it takes ages for the film to actually get released after filming i think by that point i'd kind of gotten used to it the rest of the world finding out was the was the big shock was yeah. the thing that i couldn't get used to and i found very new yeah i guess also because again you stan rob clements you're like the first guys who were added to the cast as it were so maybe people were looking at that in regards to, oh, I, that that could have been me. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Especially playing the love interest when, you know... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I can um, imagine, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy because the way that she's described in the books as well, she's, you know, she's popular and beautiful and all these things. and And then... People are judging me based on a picture of me taken by some paparazzi while I was like having a really day and I'm like sitting on a bench outside Asda waiting for my dad to pick me up. Uh, and, and it was just like it was awful I was like this is the worst picture that they could have taken and then suddenly it was just like everywhere um and you know it was supposed to be a really exciting time but actually it just it just made me so sad it made me so upset so it was just a really kind of weird mix of emotions 
Yeah. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think it was very much because you're succeeding, you're excelling in in something, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we could go with it. Oh, what a great experience for these guys. These guys are going to add to it. These, you know, or we could just really just crap all yeah, over it. And yeah. it's a shame that more people take the second. Totally, option totally. I mean, it's just like give give us a chance. Like we haven't we haven't done anything yet. You're yeah. literally just you know judging from the get-go i suppose the fifth the fifth film as well did you find that there was more of a, a bubble inclusion because obviously it's your you'd already been there for quite a long time at that point that you were able to it made any difference to dealing with any of the negative stuff or no i think i was like deep in it by the fifth one <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. yeah. yeah i mean like <laughs> yeah because it just it really gets to you doesn't it I really, so when Ivana came on board, uh, sorry, Ivana Lynch, who plays Luna Lovegood, um, when she came into it, I just felt really protective of her because I didn't want... So you two hit it off right away, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really, I was just like, I do not want the same thing to happen to her. And obviously it didn't um, because she's like amazing. Um, But when we did the fifth film, I was still, you know, wasn't... I was still 19 or whatever it was. Um, so still, yeah, still a bit insecure. Obviously, you'd uh, have the kissing scene with yeah. Dan during that every... It was like a game. How many? How oh quick would they ask that God. question? I still get asked that question. Hmm. Still. Really? Yeah. And I'm just like, just Google it. Just Google it, please. <laughs> I mean, I guess my answer has changed over the years, but... (laughs) (laughs) We were talking actually earlier about um, stuff that we all did outside Mm -hmm. of filming. Mm -hmm. So one of them was, and I found some photographs. Oh my goodness. Get that that (laughs) off. That was taken. Oh, you know where that is. Do you know where, Do you know where that was? Was that in a, that goth club? Yes. It was. <laughs> yes. So it set, set the scene. We were in, um, for people listening, we were in Switzerland <laughs> and we had this amazing premiere. Everything like, was really good. Everyone was very welcoming and had such a blast. And as we're leaving, one of the guys there said, so where do you want to go tonight? So I said, oh, there's only like metal clubs or anything like really hard rock. And the guy was like, yes, we can, we can sort that out. And we turned up to this club where... We've just come from the premiere. So we're in suits. We're pretty much all in suits. Um and and nice and dresses and stuff, yeah. And then yeah, and it turns out to be a goth fetish night. <laughs> <laughs> and I sm- I just remember the one song which was just kept going, get ready. Get ready. And there was a guy in what can be described as a frogman suit with his with a, a girl opposite him and it kept saying get ready get ready and then it said get ready for suicide at which point he smashes a bottle over his head and she starts licking his head and i think that was when that photograph was taken because before that point you were snapping photos of people yes i think i have that photo somewhere the girl dressed like bellatrix the strange yes yeah that's a, yeah yeah there was a few odd I say odd. My their their normal is very probably different to my normal in that instance. Um, I remember it being a great night. I remember it being a good night because it was just a case of well, we're involved now. Do you remember I flew to Birmingham to to go clubbing with you guys? Yes. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't old enough. <laughs> shh, you were. You were. <laughs> shh, 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 shh. No, you definitely weren't. Because <laughs> you guys had a membership or something for this club, and you're like, oh, just try and use this one to get in. Because I That's didn't have definitely Oliver. I didn't have an ID. I didn't have an ID card. <laughs> it worked, though, didn't it? It worked. It worked. Yes. In terms of like finishing the films and everything like that, so you said that you weren't too sure. Did, had you realised then that that's what you, that you wanted to continue with acting or did you think about the like the photography side of it and stuff like that? Yeah. So I think like the photography came from us travelling and seeing incredible places and stuff and, and also... I guess fearing that this would be it you know I was like this kind of opportunity comes Mm -hmm. once in a lifetime I can't expect for it to really happen again so I was looking for a bit more stability I guess in my life or at least pretending to (laughs) 
Um, and then it wasn't until I was halfway through my photography course, I was like, well, photography is not any easier, actually, you know, it's still considered as part of the arts. And, um, and I was like, I don't want to do wedding, wedding photos and baby photos. Like that's not my style. And then actually towards the end of that four year course, it just so happened that I got uh, an audition for, uh, a stage show um at the young vic um mm-hmm. and yeah and i got the part and then as soon as i got on that stage i was like no i want to i want to act i want to perform uh and then i went back to drama yeah. school and did that for three years <laughs> i've been in like school half my life basically trying to figure out what i want to do um which is like a privilege in itself i guess and have you have you found that they've been almost like a a stereotyping in terms of the roles what they want you to to read and stuff like that uh i mean it's a bit better now it's a bit better now but i think yeah before drama school coming out of drama school it was always race specific you know it wasn't she wasn't just scottish mm. she wasn't just she she wasn't just a a chinese girl who happened to be chinese it was always i was chinese for a reason you know and and um and it's fine you know because it's at the beginning it's fine because you, you're just trying to hone in on your kind of acting skills and you're just grateful to be um, offered a job or, or to yeah. get it and and then after a while you're like oh god i don't want to do another show about politics in china i'm like i don't know anything about the politics in china you know um i don't live there you know i'm just uh yeah so it was just it just felt a bit tedious actually so but i i i know that things are kind of better now because of the discussions around diversity and and inclusion and all these things so um i do definitely see a difference uh in the industry in terms of like casting and all that but you know some of it still feels like a box ticking exercise just trying to look like they're doing something but not really yeah so i think we've got a long way to go yeah yeah what about you guys? What is it? How, what what's it like for you? In in a way, I suppose not to the the same extent, but yeah, we're kind of like a oh, it's a twin, it's a twin role. Oh, they've got to be speak at the exact same time, doing the exact same thing. Right. Okay. And when you get like that, it's like that doesn't happen. But then again, though, we've just finished doing something the other day. Yeah, we just finished doing something. Hence why I I've now had a haircut. Um, where the <laughs> the writer and director was is actually a twin right so and as a twin looking at it you could definitely tell just just little things like it was referred to as his brother not his twin Mm. and the dynamic of them as well isn't it it definitely helps but yeah i know it's hard to know that they're not looking at you for just the character and they don't think yeah yeah they don't yeah it's just mad that people can't see beyond or, th- or think of possibilities beyond what they see. Yeah, it's a, it's a real shame. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sorry to interrupt this broadcast. It's Oliver from the future. Whee. You sound really creepy. Uh, and this is James from the future. Whee. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds even better. Anyway, we're just adding a quick message because we want to invite you guys to get in touch and have a chance to be part of the podcast. Now, if you have a brilliant did you know fact, I'd really like to hear that. But also, if you have any questions for us or a jingle you've written or a voice message, please send it in to us and we'll choose one or two to include in this section of the audio version of the podcast each week. 
You can reach us in two ways. You can tweet us. Make sure you use the hashtag normal, not normal. Or if you're tweeting in a did you know facts, don't forget to also put as well as the normal, not normal hashtag did you know. Yep. Or you could email us at normal, not normal podcast at gmail.com. That's normal, not normal podcast at gmail.com. Make sure to let us know your name and where in the world you are from. But don't worry, we'll still have time for James's did you know facts at the end of the show. Rightly so. And after the last episode, we asked everyone to send us your versions of what your normal is to you. And we've picked a couple to share. There was literally hundreds what came through. So apologies, first of all, if we didn't get to read out your message today, but we saw it and we really, really love the contribution from everybody. But here's one. Here's one coming up. So this is from Sarah. And Sarah writes, 8am, feed baby, get out of bed and have a nice cup of coffee. Relax until my two-year-old wakes up. Then it's go time all day until 12am. In the process of fixing a two-month-old's sleeping schedule, so, any activity recommendations for a toddler? We're getting bored. James. <laughs> I'm the last person to give advice on parenting because I don't have a baby. I don't know what to do with any baby. But um, I remember I had to look after a friend's uh, toddler a couple of years ago. And my way of, de- of, of looking after the baby was to play fetch. Well, like a dog. Yeah, pretty much. You'd roll the ball away and the baby would bring it back to you. It's amazing how it works. Very good, very good. Right, okay, anyway, so that was that was Sarah's normal life. And Jazz sent us a message saying her normal, not normal. After my A-levels were cancelled this year, so A-levels are exams in Great Britain, I've ended up full-time in childcare. Not quite a helicopter pilot, but every day is dancing, crafts, and for most of our children with ASD, which is autism spectrum disorder, learning to communicate in a way they understand and appreciate, rewarding with a big heart smiley face emoji. That's amazing. Jazz, thank you very much for sharing that one. That's like uh, when you're going down one path and you end up going down another one. It's even better, isn't it? It is. It is. Right. And then we've got, let's have another one here from Kira, who says, my normal, not normal, is taking care of my mum who suffered a bad accident last year and had to learn how to walk in a spinal unit. And taking care of my mental health and running every day helps. Kira, we're sending you nothing but love. Well done, mate, for being such a fantastic daughter as well. And hope your mum's doing very well. Okay, I'll, I'll read one. I think I, I believe her name is Sarah. So thank you very much, Sarah. Um, a normal day for me is exercising. Great. Coffee or tea. Amazing. Attending college classes, working, studying Japanese and watching one of many Asian dramas on my list. And this is this is awesome. To add, we have five geckos. Sometimes I feed Pennywise, who's one gargoyle gecko. My sister mostly feeds them, but there are times Pennywise won't eat if my sister feeds her, so I have to. Oh, naughty Pennywise, these geckos. When if you could play fetch with a gecko? Well, no, it sounds like Pennywise is quite, is quite temperamental, doesn't it? Yeah. But James, 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 <laughs> we just need to say to the guys... From next episode, we're going to release the audio podcast first on a Friday... Then the video on the YouTube channel will be released on the Monday, which will be slightly longer and less edited. The audience participation, you guys' participation with the whole, you know, the shout outs, the jingles, the questions, the did you know facts will be on the audio version only. That's right. So audio version on the Friday, the YouTube version on the following Monday. So please enjoy whichever way you enjoyed this podcast. But now back to the episode with Katie. In terms of like the the platform, I suppose we'd say um, from being in the mm. films and stuff like that, has that allowed you to move into uh, charities or have you been able to to do that? At all? Um, I mean, I really I care deeply about kind of racial equality and female equality and you know feminism and injustices that are happening around the world and stuff, but. Um, and I'd, I am the ambassador for a charity called the My Body Back Project, which is a charity that helps people who identify as women um, to help them recover from abuse, um, whether that's physical or emotional. Yeah, with the case of, with, in lockdown, that there could have been more cases of it appearing because of that, being kind of close from confinement with a abusive um partner or, or someone who they're exposed to so yeah so things like that do become more prevalent i suppose maybe where it wouldn't have happened yeah yeah and there have definitely been more cases um since lockdown is there something you'd say to anyone who's been going through anything like that 
telling someone obviously is the first step and and um not everybody is in a place to to do that uh but those who can should i think for a lot of people it's not even it's not having the access to to ask for help it's just the the shame around it or or not knowing whether it is happening like for a lot of people you know there there's like a lot of gaslighting going on and people don't know that it's happening to them so um i think a lot of the time we you know we have all the information we need on the internet um and sometimes it is a case of like educating yourself or, or reading up to kind of kind of confirm your your doubts or your fears about whether it is happening to you or not and and yeah that's that's maybe even step one so after you finished studying drama and you went on to do some uh, really cool projects yeah. very jealous that you work with jackie chan by the way oh right yes it, like what's your um highlight that you would want to do next like have you got something like a genre you'd like to work in uh, a story that you'd like to tell i mean i don't the thing is like i'm not very good at coming up with my own goals or, or a picture of what I'd like to do I just know what I don't want to do right so if you were to like lay out a couple of options for me I could just be like nope 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 oh this looks interesting <laughs> <laughs> um that's how I roll <laughs> yeah so I just I guess like something different from what I've done before you know there's a lot of great stuff kind of on tv right now where you know, it's showing so many different layers um, of what what a woman is. And, and that's really, you know, that's amazing to me. You know, for example, uh, Killing Eve, mm-hmm. uh, Jodie Comer's character, Villanelle, yeah. like that is, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to play a likable character. I just, you know, someone who's like just a bit badass and a bit mad and makes mistakes and not great decisions but in the end like through her vulnerability yeah you can find some kind of connection with her or resonate in like a universal way one one which doesn't require to be me to be of a certain race or or whatever so I don't think I'm asking for much (laughs) yeah just a load of options for you to say no to yes exactly (laughs) So you said that you're you're living with your cousin. Yeah. Tell us about the story with how you guys obviously are now living together, but also like how because like you guys have only just recently reconnected, right? Yeah. So Fiona, I call her Fee. She's from Glasgow. I'm from Glasgow. We didn't re- we didn't know each other actually. We'd maybe met a couple of times at weddings, but I just knew she was the cousin with short hair, and she's ten years older than me. <laughs> nine ten uh so i guess we didn't kind of hang out um because of the age difference as well so uh we were friends on facebook and yeah i was doing this play in london i had just kind of posted something about how people should come and see if they're around and i didn't realize she was living in london at the time so she she had messaged me and said oh i'll come and see your play and I remember thinking, oh God, like, <laughs> I'm so antisocial. And all... Come and see my play. And I, she oh. knows this. She knows this. Um, and I, I thought that because that same night, Bonnie was coming to see the show. And I just get a bit nervous. I don't know if you guys have been in a, a similar situation, but when you've got like two sets of friends or two people who don't know each other, but they're your friends and they're meeting for the first time, that I always get a bit nervous about that because I'm like, oh, I want everybody to get on and what if they don't like each other? What if they don't bond? Mm. So that was my fear, um, knowing that she was coming on the same night as Bonnie was. So then I was kind of dreading it. And then post-play performance, I went downstairs to meet the two of them um, and they had like hit it off. And Fee was just like kind of, you know, chatting away and then, you know, yeah they were they were fine without me actually and I was almost like oh should I interrupt yeah so we we kind of you know I caught with Bonnie and then she had to leave so then Fee and I went into Chinatown and had like a 
yeah, we just had dinner there and we, we chatted like all night to the point where the restaurant was closing and we got chucked out. And then since that night, we just kind of, every time I came to London or, you know, if I was doing a play or filming or whatever, or for an audition, then we would just hang out and we'd meet, meet up for dinner and drinks. And, um, and then eventually I decided I wanted to move out of Glasgow and try and spend a few years in London and and I asked her if if she'd be up for moving in together and that's how we've ended up here but yeah it's strange because like you know we're cousins and yet we we kind of only just met like four years ago so it's quite it's, um and we hit it off straight away and she's kind of like my best buddy now so um that's brilliant oh brilliant we've actually got a quote from Fiona you do what which I don't know if you've heard before, but she was apparently Katie does not like the look of her toes. She generally exhibits a high degree of grace and decorum and extreme evasion to germs and unsightly things like toes. <laughs> However, they're undeniably beautiful, but she also likes sweet cold leftover pizza. Who doesn't? Which is congealed rugby and slop to her. Okay. Is that about right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well... <laughs> Did you read that from her blog? I think so. Okay. That is so funny. Yeah, I actually, I have like a weird, like I have a birthmark on like my toe, which I used to get so, yeah, I just, I was just so ashamed about it when I was growing up. Um, And I would try and hide it and I wouldn't wear like, kind of, now everyone's going to like look for this birthmark. I'm actually doing that into the camera. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I just got, I know it's crazy. It's crazy now, like, looking back. It was just like, now it's just like, I don't care, whatever. But back then, it was just, like, it was, like, debilitating, just (laughs) trying to hide it. (laughs) Um, I think think that's something what a lot of people, I, I bet, who are listening could probably relate to in a way that they, they like maybe they are younger and they've got a, a birthmark saying what they're quite worried yeah, about or yeah it's yeah and there's no it's bizarre isn't it? like the older you get the less you care whether that's because you're more used to it or you realize that it doesn't define you totally and now I'm like so proud of it I'm like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah or it does define me now and I'm proud that it defines me in some yeah, way yeah it's almost like I, I show them my birthmark before I tell them my name <laughs> Look. She's got a t-shirt. Look at my... Yeah. Oh, God, she's got her feet out again, yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I do. I love I love leftover pizza. I mean, who doesn't? She's she's the weirdo. She's the one who's like, ew. Do you microwave it, though, or eat it cold? Uh, no, I do like to eat it cold. Oh, okay. No. No, 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 it's fine. You, okay. You're going to tell me you like, you like pineapple on it now as well, don't you? I love pineapple Yes. Hawaiian pizza. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Katie. Come on. Although I'm a vegetarian now, so I've I don't yeah, I've not had it in a while. But so in terms of like what is less normal about yourself, is there anything like where you say that you prefer to do what you really like doing, which you would say may be a bit unusual? I like awkwardness. Mm, I think a lot of people don't. I love when things get a bit awkward because then I'm just kind of because then I, I try and analyze like the situation. I'm like, mm, OK, so why is it awkward? Maybe I should be a psychologist. I don't know. But um, I do I do like it when it's a bit awkward and, and yeah, when there's a bit of dead air. Mm. Like now. But for the, pur- but for the purpose oh, yeah. of a podcast, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love, I, I enjoy my own company far too much, like in a kind of almost unhealthy way. Um, yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's, I remember when years ago I was mm-hmm. going hiking in, uh, Northern California and my yeah. pal was going to come with me and literally the morning of, he had to cancel because he had to work mm. and he was saying, well, well I, I guess you you can, you can stay here and we'll hang out this evening. And I was like no I'm going hiking mate like, so I literally went into the redwood forest on my own for three days which was great I, I really enjoyed it because it was yeah. just nature and just hanging out although mm. the ranger said to me 
Don't go off the trail because if you fall down, no one will find you for six months. Wow, what a thing to say. Because no one comes here for six months. So that was that. And then the first night there was a raccoon trying to get into the tent. What? Which scared the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Shit. What did you think it was? I didn't know what it was. I thought it was like Sasquatch or something. And then uh, I kind of opened the tent and then you see this raccoon there. So I tried to like yeah, move him away and I kind of like bitch slapped him a couple of times. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> but I didn't mean to, but it was... Uh... You're going to have animal rights after you now. Well, no, he he was trying to get my food. So Katie, what would you say is coming, um, is coming up? Like, Is there anything you're excited to be getting up to? Yeah, I mean, it's all up in the air at the moment. I'm doing a couple of like audio things, which I love. You know, I actually would I actually prefer it to being in front of a camera. Um, there's just so much freedom. Um, can you and, can you say what they are? Um, no, <laughs> I can't. It's, it's okay. so no, but it's so secretive. It's even like worse than like you know when films tell you to be like really quiet about stuff. I don't know. I got in trouble once because I I talked about it while I was doing another audio thing. I got in trouble and I was like, oh, God, I've not been in trouble since I was in school. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a top secret audio project. Yes. Uh But it's really exciting and I, I really enjoy kind of animation and all that kind of stuff because it's uh yeah, like I said, there's just so much freedom. You can move around and you're in a booth on your own. Um, you don't have to interact with other people. No. Um, so, yeah, I I really, I do enjoy it a lot. Um, yeah, other than that, it's just, it's just a really nice time to kind of not worry about work. I mean, I, I guess it's a, it's a very privileged position to be in, to not have to worry financially. Um, but also I think it's just a nice time to be creative, like for your own sake, you know, just thinking of things that you want to do that doesn't involve like thinking about your career and where that's going to go and all that kind of stuff. So, so I have, I've been like just painting and drawing and writing and reading and all that kind of stuff. And that's, yeah, that makes me really happy. Just being able to connect with my family and like people I care about actually has been mm-hmm. really rewarding, you know, talking about things that don't involve your work, you know, like your emotions mm. and like mentally, how are we all doing? You know, are you fe- how are you feeling? You know, that I think th- those kinds of conversations, we just don't, we don't have enough of. And the minute you do start talking about it, you realize that you're not alone um, in those feelings and that you sharing that information, that kind of vulnerable part of yourself um, makes someone else feel less alone. I guess I always knew it, but then I didn't really apply it because when you're in London, it's just so fast paced and everyone's doing their own thing. And um, when you're forced into this kind of situation, I I think... uh, um, because I think we all have been, but I think once you once you get into the rhythm of it, um, it's it can be really nice. And I feel like I yeah I've, I've gotten to know my parents a bit more just from FaceTime and and seeing them when I can going up to Scotland and um, and seeing them as like individuals beyond them being my parents. I think is is lovely. Um, I think that's maybe a part of like growing up as well, but. Um, kind of I think lockdown has sped up that process what about you guys how have you guys been dealing or coping with lockdown I've got to be completely honest I've really enjoyed lockdown mm. um, because it's the first time in I've said it before but it's the first time in over 10 years I haven't been away from home for such a long period of time so just being able to hang out with my my wife and my dog and I got really into gardening. Oh, you have some rock and roll, nice. and uh, I grew I grew loads of things from seed, which is actually really um, rewarding. Okay, so, so tell give us give us a list. I want to know. I don't know what they are. There's like a yellow one, oh. a green thing. As <laughs> a oh, grout. Wow. Yeah, you've really been paying attention to your gardening. Yeah. Yeah, but they're all Latin. I didn't do <laughs> Latin at school. So. What a horticulturist you are. Yeah. <laughs> 
I have these cards. It's like a game, but not really a game, but it's like they're more conversation starters. I mean, some of them are really uncomfortable questions, but once you can kind of get over that barrier, you're like, wow, I didn't know that about you. I actually have them like here. I don't know if it's worth like... Doing one now? Go on, try me. Yeah, okay. What might your parents complain about in you? Parents might might complain about me is my brashness i can be quite brash with things and then what do you how do you respond to that (laughs) (laughs) yeah what do you mean you're wrong (laughs) it'd probably be a case of yes i i understand that and i do sometimes try my best but it's weird like one of my um one of my pals he keeps saying to me that he's realized that i don't i don't suffer fools i think it basically means that if someone's wasting time you'll pull them up on it quite quickly Mm -hmm. and i don't know if it's a compliment or not I think it's a big part of the British culture. Do you know what I mean? It's like we're always yeah. kind of pussyfooting around the actual issue and just um, trying to be polite. But it's not like it's not real anyway. So why don't we just kind of get to the point, right? Do James, do James. Pick a yeah, card James, James. James. Oh, <gasps> okay. What do you wish you could ideally tell your mother? <gasps> it's going to be a really boring answer, but I'm actually a mummy's boy, so I tell her quite a lot. Okay, read her. Told her that you love her lately. <laughs> if I tell my mum, yeah, you should definitely go into psychiatry, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> Thank you so much, Katie, for sharing your normal and not normal with us. Um, yeah, it's been really great catching up as well. Thanks so much, guys. We could go on forever, really. We could, but thank you so much for joining us, Katie. Really enjoy catching up. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Well, that was good fun, wasn't it? Very good. I think what we found the last season was how we asked questions which we've never asked friends before. So that was really interesting. Yeah, and especially, I mean, I really like the whole, I suppose, reminiscing over times when we were going out, one of my still most random nights out is that one in Switzerland. <laughs> that was a great club. I really, they played good music in there, I thought. Uh, yeah, some of them were. But speaking of Switzerland, I've got a did you know? Did you know in Switzerland, it is illegal to only own one guinea pig? Well, I suppose guinea pigs could get lonely, couldn't they? Well, this is because they're social animals and they want a company of another guinea pig. Okay. Is that one? This is my favourite one. Ooh. Right. Did you know, if you stick your finger in your ear mm-hmm. and move it up and down, up and down, it sounds like Pac-Man. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that I'm not the only person who's listening to this right now doing the Pac-Man song. And this is definitely not normal behavior (laughs) it's not but guys thank you very much for joining us this week thank you again to katie for joining us it's great catching up i've been james phelps he has been and i have been oliver phelps guys stay safe and if you like this please give us a like Uh, give us a follow subscribe leave a really really nice review and if you didn't it's probably because you weren't doing pac-man all the way through but more importantly guys thank you so much for your support we'll see you soon bye Normal Not Normal is a stable production.